It's awesome. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Peachy Podcast. Podcast saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. I'm Jim McKay. I'm your host, broadcasting live from the Arius Medical Studios, better known as my living room, the neon lights there. Uh, find them online at aureusmedical.com. It's AUR. EUSmedical.com, leaders in travel physical therapy. I was just talking to uh, somebody who was doing a travel assignment uh, this week. Where there are people, we need physical therapists. So if you're thinking about travel in the country, let your PT license act like a driver's license. Where do you want to go? Uh, check out what they have available for you. All different settings, all 50 states, AUR, EUS Medical. Dot com. Now, uh, subscribe to the podcast. We want to make sure you do not miss an episode. They're free now. They'll always be free, but you don't want to miss it. Insight right to your little device there. Uh, subscribe to the show, iTunes, Spotify, on the Google podcast as well. And then video casting these, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, at PT Pinecast and all the socials. Mom said I had the face for radio. I think she was on to something. Uh, great show for you tonight. We're talking about what it's like working inside of a VA medical center. This is kind of, this is different. This is cool. Something we haven't done. I love, I love to show off like just the width and breadth of the PT profession. When you get into these little niches, get some interesting conversations going. So that's what we're doing. So without further ado, and you guys know how much I like ado, let's bring in our guest tonight. Our guest was a neuro PT resident graduate from the Cincinnati VA Medical Center. Other roles uh, she gets to play include director of communications for Move Together. Might be familiar with the, uh, the people from Move Together. And practice lead for the Adaptive Sports Special Interest Group in the American Academy of Sports Physical Therapists. Ladies and gentlemen, Mimi Ernest is in the show. Mimi, there she is. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you for asking. It's uh, it's a good day, right? My job's super hard. I hang out and talk to people who are smart and passionate about what they're smart and passionate about. And then everybody else just gets to tag along. We're going to get right to it, Mimi. We want to get the hard questions out of the way first. First question is always the hardest. What are we drinking? I am drinking 50 West. It's a local Cincinnati brewery. They're home sweet home brown ale. It's a yeah. sweet, so I'm very excited. I like when people do the local. I've been drinking a lot of this uh, Juice Bomb IPA, which is from here in the Hudson Valley, but I'm switching it up tonight. And I went with a pint in my favorite. It's hard to say, but it says, I drink and I know things. My drink and I know things. It's the uh, it's Goose Island, doing the Goose Island uh, IPA. So go into the goose. So cheers to you, Mimi. Cheers. All right. So you've got a, a pretty unique story. But I asked you a question just before we started the show today. <laughs> And this is a pretty cool answer because uh, I ask guests sometimes, like, well, how did you interact with the show? Have you have you ever heard the show? Some people haven't. But you listen to the show for, for a while now. We love to hear this. Mm -hmm. So I, I first found the show my first year of PT school. So it's like four years ago. And uh, it really opened the door for me to realize all that PT can be and all that we can do. So I always thought the people who are guests were really cool. And the fact that I'm on it right now is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. It's worth a boom shakalaka right there. Well, we're, we're glad to bring you in because, as you just mentioned, you said the show was able to show you, like, kind of all the different things that PTs can get into. You got into something pretty cool. So let's bring the audience up to speed with you. What's your PT kind of superhero backstory? You said you graduated, what, just a couple of years ago? Yeah, in 2019 from the University of Cincinnati. 
And then I went straight into the uh, partnership residency between UC and then the Cincinnati VA Medical Center um, for Neurology. Um, and now I just work up the hill, literally right next door at UC doing neuro research. That's fun. That's yeah. cool. Um, how, how'd you make that decision? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm always curious how someone said, Hey, I went to school forever. I would like to go to school for a little bit longer than forever. Yeah. Well, I just, I love neuro so much and I was so intrigued by it. I knew that I had a lot to learn. So when I was looking at, you know, whether or not I want to do a residency, I was thinking about, um, you know, is now the time or is it in a couple years and, um, the mentorship and then the location. So I really wanted to stay in Cincinnati and I'd always had a heart and wanted to work with veterans. So it, it, it all worked out that I ended up here. Lined up. So that's, that's where we want to start first. That's, that's what I'm curious about to, to lead off tonight. So interprofessional care at a VA medical center, you're, you're gonna, whether you like it or not, you're going to do it. You're going to interact with other mm -hmm. healthcare disciplines and that's got to be pretty advantageous because you're going to learn a lot and you're going to learn it quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then one of the, the other, in addition to the interprofessional care, right? Cause uh, at Cincinnati VA, we have the rehab care line. So that's us PTs, it's speech, OT, Cairo, PM&R. Um, we all are like down the hall from each other. So we're always running into each other, especially if you're working in acute care, like, hey, you want to head up to this room together. Um, and then especially my favorite thing about my residency was I shared an office with four other residents from three other specialties. So, wow. yeah. So you, you could all commiserate. You knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, we had the the, the camaraderie of being in a very intensive intensive year, um, but then also bouncing ideas off each other. Um, at RVA, we saw a lot of older adults who were veterans. So we had two Jerry residents. So you know, me collaborating with them, and then our ortho guys obviously saw a lot of older adults too. So it was good. It was awesome. Good. Let, let's dig into that. So, what'd you learn? Like, if, if you were to stand up in front of a bunch of uh, a bunch of colleagues or a bunch of PT students, right? Because that that's a group who probably be really interested in your experience. What mm -hmm. would you share from from your your time at the VA Medical Center and working in interprofessional care? Yeah. So the VA, the, my favorite, one of my other favorite things about it is. The, the culture of excellence, especially when you're in a place that has, uh, you know, more advanced learners like you do have with residents. So we had a bunch of practicing PTs who had their specialty. Then we had us residents and then kind of below us were PT students. So we were learning how to be lifelong learners and then helping also learning how to teach the students to help prepare the next generation and then our future coworkers. Um, and in, in addition to that, the opportunities for professional development um, that comes from becoming a master adaptive learner was it's something that you're not going to get if you don't do a residency. That's great. What was the thing that happened to you during your residency that you did not expect? I love asking this question when people decide to do something as bold as a residency. What's something you didn't see coming? Uh, I'd say I got to go to DC for a couple of educational leadership partnership meetings, uh, strategic meetings that they were having, uh, and kind of speak on behalf of, of residents from my experience about moving, you know, our education system forward as a profession. So I was not expecting that, but it was pretty cool. Wow. And that's a pretty unique opportunity because you're being put in a position, which I'm sure happens a lot in a residency, but being put in a position that you, you're you uncomfortable, you're trying to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, but now you're getting to do what we say what we're, doing really, we're, we're really good at as PTs, which is patient education, but you are educating others on the value of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then 
learning from some of the top leaders in PT education, the value of a residency. So that when I describe my experience to, to PT students, I can really throw out some meaningful words and language uh, that's going to get the point across. When, uh, when students find out that you've done a residency, what is one or two questions that typically come up a lot? Like what, what do students want to dig into? What are they wondering about from their point of view? Yeah, the biggest one is why did you choose to do a residency? I would say, um, like the timing of it and how do you choose the location? And then one of the other ones I get a lot is just what's the day by day like? Yeah. So how do you just how do you answer that second one? What is the day by day like? And please don't tell me there's no two days alike because that's me too. But if you were to overview it, <laughs> yeah. So for for my residency, I. Um, I would work in out, I mostly did a lot of outpatient. So Mondays I was doing outpatient care, uh, just kind of by myself. And then in the afternoons, I went up to our neuro clinic and I was there as a resource for the physicians there. Um, so if a patient came in, maybe they had had a stroke and they hadn't had PT for a while. They would bring me in, we'd do a quick assessment um, and then get them, get them signed up and back into the PT if they thought it was beneficial. Uh, Tuesdays I treated all day. Wednesdays was my mentoring day. So my mentor, Amy Banks, who is pretty involved in the federal section, um, she we would meet up, we would discuss patient cases, um, then I would treat and we kind of dissect what happened and what was going on and what to do with the plan of care afterward. Thursdays uh, in the morning, there's a national VA program called Jerofit that's at a few different sites. I don't know what that is. Tell me about it. It's awesome. So it's for veterans who are 65 and older. And um, it's just like a fitness wellness program. So um, PTs or their primary care doctor would put in an, an order or request and they, the veteran would come in, we do a bunch of fitness assessments, you know, and create a plan for them for exercises to do, you know, focused on balance or endurance or whatever their needs were. Uh, we'd work with them, train a minute, and then they would come in three times a week and become pretty independent. So then we had the residents would circle in one day a week and help progress and watch the veterans with their exercises. So that was a lot. That was a lot of fun. I'm not a geriatric, you know, PT, but it made me love working with older adults. What What is that program called? One more time. Jerofit. I, I mean, can you hear that, Mimi? It sounds like another episode, follow up episode. It'd be great to bring in some other people, other disciplines who are involved in that, that maybe you ran across in your experience, the people you shared an office with. Love to do a mini panel on that because that sounds fantastic. That sounds great. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's, um, there's another program similar to it called Whole Health. Uh, and then part of that is Wellness Strength for Life. So Whole Health really focuses on the mission and the vision and what matters to the veteran. And then it approaches, you know, things in their life that they might want to work on or change. Um, so, you know, smoking cessation or they have Tai Chi and yoga. Um, there's rec therapists involved, PT, psych. Uh, then they have different support groups within it, too. So it's that's another great interprofessional and collaborative program that the VA has. Yeah, I, I can't go any longer as we record. The podcast audience is going to miss this, but I'm going to zoom in for you guys watching the uh, the live show or the replay. You know she's a great PT when she's got just a, a like forty five pound plates in the bottom of the She's just got rogue weight. She's kind of hanging. Are you in your like your dining room or something? Just hanging out. Yep. That's great. That's, the barbells on the carpet. You can't see it, but that's there as well. Of course it is. Of course it is. 
All right. So we've talked a little bit about neural residencies. We, 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 we have your social media handles uh, up on the screen for people to, uh, to check out and follow you. If they have any more questions, we'd like them to reach out. So that's a little, a little blink into your experience as a, a neural resident in the VA. Let's talk about like adaptive sports and wellness. We mentioned in your intro that you are, what is the, what is practice lead for the adaptive sports SIG in the American Academy of sports physical therapy. No, people are, these are not sections anymore, people. We are now academy. Mm -hmm. Very elevating. So, so talk about your what you get to do with this this special interest group. And I tell people all the time, if you are the if you're a member of a section of the APTA, first of all, you should be a member of the APTA. Mm -hmm. You should niche down and, and be a a member of a section or academy. And when you're in an academy or a section, joining the SIG is zero extra dollars per year. So join all of them. Take a test drive. And then figure out which ones you want. In the Academy of Sports Physical Therapy, you have the uh, Adaptive Sports SIG. Like, tell us about, tell us all about that. So, um, in each of the SIGs, there's a practice lead, an education lead, a communication lead, and then a chair and, and a vice chair. Um, so, as my job, I attend, you know, biannual quarterly meetings with all the other practice leads led by our practice committee. And then within the SIG, I try to do things that are going to advance the practice. Uh, for adaptive athletes. So things like communicating CPGs or um, I work a lot with our education chair about doing programming for like National Student Conclave or CSM uh, to plan events, um, research that's going on or things that professionals want to know when working with adaptive athletes. That's really cool. What would your pitch be, right? If you had, you know, several thousand podcast listeners right now taking a listen. Why should someone not only join the American Academy of Sports Physical Therapy, but do it and then make sure they joined the Adaptive Sports SIG? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my little story is going to be that I, you know, I started off as an athletic trainer. Um, so my background was in sports ortho. And then when I got into PT school, I fell in love with neuro. And one of the things that you find with the neuro population is that, especially with insurance, if you're not at the VA, um, insurance runs out and then people who need to keep moving in order to keep their neurological system fresh and active and adapting, um, they run out of resources. So adaptive sport and wellness is the perfect uh, solution to that. Making sure you have opportunities like that for individuals with disabilities in your community is huge. And then as far as, you know, competitive sports, I think everybody, especially recently within the past few Olympic or Paralympic seasons, people love the Paralympics. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're like, cool, it's inspirational. But then you're also like, these are some badass athletes, right, doing their thing. And then, you know, with wheelchair athletes, seeing how the wheelchair becomes a part of the body and how that, you know, how a wheelchair is set up can can affect someone's movement and how they play. It's, I mean, that stuff just blows my mind. I think it's so cool. So. Uh, I don't know. It was six, seven months ago. I had Chuck Aoki, uh, who is one of the captains of the uh, U.S. Um, wheelchair rugby team. And I had him on the show. And it was, you know what it was? It was, I am a complete geek about the Olympics. I am completely tied up in it. Whenever the Olympics are on, I don't care what sport it is. I don't even care what country it is. I'm just like, I, I just love the stories. And, you know, like major TV networks do a great job of, you know, showing the sport, but really telling the story about the sport. And, I'll say this on record again. I want to put myself forward for when we do the Paralympic Games. There should be a reporter on site who's a physical therapist. Yes. Because there's so 
many things happening with exactly what you just said. Like, yes, they're playing wheelchair rugby, but check out the camber on. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, why is it like that? It's because the position he plays. And Chuck mm-hmm. was walking us through this. And this is before we started video casting the episodes, which now you're making me think I got to call Chuck back and be like, dude, come on back. But I want to see visuals. I want you to be because now we can show and tell. Right. 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 DJ brain was never really wrapping my head around. I can show people stuff now and we can do that whether you're watching live or the replay. But I have, I was so mad at a couple of Olympics. I was watching the, the biathlon, right? You know, cross country skiing and then shooting as I'm randomly doing the cross country ski motion here for my living room. And I was like, zoom in on a chair. Like, why is her chair look like that? And her chair looks like that. Like, what's the deal? And how come her chair isn't lean forward? She almost looks awkward. Like, I would love to get a PT on mm. who carries that NBC. I think. NBC. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who I need to talk to. They're probably not going to listen to me, but if anybody knows somebody, I would love to be with a set of headphones on wherever we are on the sidelines at the Paralympic games and being like reporter perspective, but also by the way, it's a PTI and do those stories. Cause that as a PT, I'm like, tell that story. It breaks my heart when they don't. Mm-hmm. The adaptive sports thing, those could be your PTs. Gosh, I mean, you have an army of them. They'd be fantastic. I'll put you guys through media training. <laughs> I'll be like, this is the end of the microphone you talk into, and that's all I know. I just, I know which end, I know how to hold it. That's about it. Um, exciting, too, is we do a, um, we did a Throwback Thursday episode last week uh, from the Travis Mills Foundation. Are you familiar with the Travis Mills Foundation? Yeah, I listened, I listened to that one last week when it was on. We got to get them back on too. Kelly Roseberry um, is the P. Well, she's the director and she's a PT. So I like that. It's a PT in a directorial role. Like she's she was there because she was actually Travis's PT when he was going through rehab, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool niche story. But uh, we got to get. Let's write that down. I'm just talking to myself here, but mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll get we'll get them back on because yeah, you're you're starting to get me fired up, Mimi, about like adaptive sports and we should talk about this more. All right. So adaptive sports SIG within the uh, American Academy of Sports Physical Therapy, definitely a must. The networking, the information alone, you're talking about the practice and education leads, but you know, if you're looking to do something in adaptive sports and you Google it and you don't find it, do the next best thing to a Google, which is find the person who knows who's done that, who's been there, who knows who to talk to, how to approach it. You know, don't just Google it and say there isn't anything like reach out to the people. And that's what that's one thing about the APTA membership that mm-hmm. I said. You can't even figure out how much that's worth. That's worth a lot. Mm-hmm. You get me fired up, Mimi. I like that. Uh, anything I didn't I didn't really get into in terms of interprofessional communication that you'd want to or uh, interprofessional um, uh, work in, in terms of the VA that that you'd highlight. I worked in, an, in a in a Pete's clinic with a lot of OTs. In fact, I was like outnumbered like 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. OT- Oh. I learned so much from the pediatric OTs. So yeah. whenever people talk about inter, interprofessional collaboration and just what you learn, I'm like, it's a great humbling moment, especially for me, because they did a lot with like behavior mm-hmm. um, modification, behavior control and changing changing behaviors and attitudes that just we did not cover in PT school. And I was right. like, what what black magic did you do over here? Teach me that. And I'm like, oh, that's just this principle. And I'm like, we didn't cover that. We did not cover behavior much in PT school. So um, I love that. Um, what else should we talk about? Anything we didn't hit? I think when we're talking about interprofessional care at the VA, I don't think I mentioned is that they have a ton of clinics and they're interprofessional clinics. So my favorite was the mobility clinic. So it was led by an OT who has an, a, his a 
adaptive technology professional. He's an ATP. And then there was an OT fellow uh, for the assistive technology. Um, and then I went in a few times and we would run through an assessment together and then we would talk about it and then we would talk about it with the veteran and then, you know, his or her wife or partner um, to make sure, especially for veterans who have ALS, you know, planning and, and what's going to work in their house and what's not, what's the best wheel drive for it. So that was my favorite clinic. But there's also ones for spinal cord injuries. So I worked pretty closely with some of our, our PM&R physicians um, and then nurse practitioners. There's one for TBI, which I worked in a little bit as a part of my residency, but my mentor, Amy Banks, was kind of the lead on that. She helped get that going. And and there, there's, there's speech, there's OT, there's psychologist, and there's the physician. So a lot of it goes on. And, and it's helpful because in most clinics, we kind of watch each other do our thing. And right. then that way, we're not repeating anything and wasting the veterans time. But we're kind of thinking, oh, there's that, I'm going to do this. Um, so it's, that was, there's a lot of it that goes on in the VA. And I think that's what allows the VA to take really good care of their veterans, very holistic care. I love that. Yeah. Um, success for me is, is a, a student or a PT or someone thinking about PT hearing this interview tonight and going, wow, the VA sounds like a really worthy patient population, right? Our veterans and just an interesting model, right? Like it's an interesting model to get, to dig into and to, to be exposed to a residency there. I mean, if you're going to learn, that's the spot to do it. So mm -hmm. to me, success is someone tweeting at us, you know, in, in after they hear this and going, you know what? I'm in. Let's let's do that. I like it. Uh, Mimi, are you ready? We have a tradition on the show. It's called Three Questions. I'm ready. Bring in the funky music here. There we go. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Arius Medical Staffing. Find them online at aureusmedical.com. Leaders in not travel physical therapy. Uh, your license... You could be free to move about the country. Do that, you know. Uh, positions in all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C., and all settings, too. A lot of people here travel PT. They're just like, oh, outpatient ortho, right? I don't want to do that. No, neuro, peds, geriatrics, uh, inpatient, outpatient, doesn't matter. Uh, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. First question, Mimi, is a where question, obviously. You're in Cincinnati. What was the nickname for Cincinnati that you shared before? The Nasty Natty. Nasty Natty. I like that. That's cool. Um, but if you could go anywhere for three months, right? That's usually what a short-term PT uh, travel assignment is. Where would you go if you could go anywhere you want in the 50 U.S. states? Colorado Springs, because that's where one of the Paralympic training centers is. Smart. That's very smart. All right. That's your where. Second question is a what question. What's something you've watched or read or listened to? A book, a movie, podcast, whatever, that you think the audience could get value from? Being mortal by Atul Gawande, um, especially if you're working with, you know, the neuro population or with older adults, it makes you think. And it made me cry quite a few times. And I was listening to it as an audiobook, So uh, I had to pull over. All the feels. Yeah, that one's come up multiple times. And that's the one for, I have to get that one. But I've heard a ton about that one. Third question is a who question. Who should the audience know more about? I would say uh, for, I got to give a shout out again to to Amy Banks and then to my co-residents. But Allie Holder is uh, one of the top dogs and biggest promoters of advancing PT education within the VA. Uh, she's awesome. She's been around. She is a wealth of knowledge and one of those people that you could go into her office to ask a quick question. But 
you're brought into a conversation and you're in there for 45. Rabbit holy. I call those types of people rabbit holy. Like that's fantastic. When when you learn a lot, yeah, you answered the question, but like then you I left with three more. What am I gonna do now? Mm-hmm. Looks like looks like you gotta go learn. Uh that's three questions. Thanks to Arius Medical Stafford for uh for powering the show. A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com. Uh last thing we do is the parting shot. Parting shot brought to you by our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. A lot going on with the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. A lot of people use in this time where they really can't travel or do a whole lot. Work on yourself. Uh, tissue tolerance is a new, very, very micro course in terms of looking at very small. And then macro, the running athlete just came out. Um, also, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. If you're thinking about getting that OCS and you want to do it this way, well, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy seems like a good spot to start your learning. So find them online, orthopt.org. All right, Mimi, no pressure here. But the parting shot is your mic drop moment. What are you leaving us with? Meet the people where they are. That was my uh, my motto at the VA, and it, it, it will be my motto moving forward. You know, doing uh, getting through all your exercises or intervention is not necessarily what your, your patient might need that day and addressing all the other biopsychosocial stuff is, if not more important, then definitely equal. I love that. That's fantastic. Meet people where they are. Uh, Mimi, we'd love to have you back. I feel like that I feel like that thing you brought before, Gerofit, is just ready for for an episode. We'd love to have a panel on that. But thanks for giving us a peek inside what it's like in your experience of a, of a neuroresident there working at a VA and just sharing your experience with us. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a good time. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right. Show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. To providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. 
I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.